0: A season. Car crashes don't happen in slow motion. They happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to check if your child's in the right car seat. Don't think you know, no you know. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN.
1: Oh, well, welcome back to the Roundhouse in McPherson. Mitch Fortner still court side uh, here at McPherson High School. And had girls just played a few minutes ago in fall to uh, and over Central fifty-two forty-nine right now. Clearwater and Wichita Northwest playing in a three-three tie just about halfway through the first quarter. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with David G and Travion Berkland and Owen Burke will join us here a little bit later on in the show. Uh, once he gets to the studio, he'll join us. And that's uh, a Friday edition of the show. Mitch Palm against Houston he is coming up to kick off the five o'clock hour. The number fourteen in the country will host K-State. Can K-State go one and one? On this two-game road trip this week, it's going to be very, very tough to do. But Mitch Palm will break it down for you in hour number two. It's a short show, obviously, because of Manhattan Hoops taking us to about, well, what time is it, 442 right now. Also in hour number two, it's DG versus Owen. Chiefs versus Ravens. I'm going to allow David G. and Owen to both plead their case on why I should pick their team to win the AFC Championship game. Plus, we'll blindly rank five Ask us anything to wrap up the show as well. Take a look at the weekend of the Big 12 as well. It's a very good early slate for the Big 12 tomorrow. DG, what have you been up to today?
2: Well, today, really, I was in Friday mode. Uh, I basically if he's did. He's
1: talking. I cannot hear him, Trey.
2: I did basically um, nothing. I, oh, there we go. I did nothing. You
1: got to Nothing. I get a w- nap
2: today. I uh, listen. I was in the mode where you do as little as possible and you stay under the radar because the suits—they're like Tyrannosaurus rexes. If they don't—if you don't move, and they don't see you. Then they—you know—they you, don't see you and they just pass by you and go and attack another tiny dinosaur. So if I just stay under the radar, I'm fine. But now I'm freaking out. I got to convince you to take the Chiefs over the Ravens. Now I'm doing all you know, kinds who, of research.
1: Well, hey, you're a Chiefs fan. You know what you're talking about. I, well, know. I well, here but, but here's the kick. Well, well, the thing is, you weren't picking the Chiefs last week. No, that's true. Are you feeling a little Ravens on this pick?
2: Nah. I'll I think I'll go Chiefs for the sake of the show. Um, but I think, <laughs> um, yeah, I really I, – I didn't think they were going to get past Buffalo. And they – I mean – Really took it to him. I, I, I mean, I. how dare I um, ever doubt the man, the myth, the legend, Pat Mahomes, ever. And that Chiefs defense was solid. So, yeah, man, shame on me, dude.
1: Well, you know who else apparently wasn't flying under the radar enough? We got reports on this earlier today, um, and it's been well reported on by the K-State media by now. Nobody from K-State, nobody from Iowa State has confirm nor deny these reports but there have been official reports now from k-state media that at the iowa state game in ames uh, uh, apparently there were some spies for iowa state on k-state's huddles um you know we had a bunch of archers in uh, in the stands at hilton coliseum and i say are we uh, it was iowa state apparently maybe had some spies in the stands so this was asked, it was asked about at the press conference after the game, after KC lost to Iowa State. And it was Kellis, it was Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register bringing up, okay, hey, what happened in the handshake huddle? You were pointing at the stands. You were talking uh, quite emphatically to T.J. Otzelberger about, okay, what, what's going on? What, what, what's the deal here? um and coach Tang played it cool so did tj otzelberger played it cool said that was something they talked about in iowa state said they would address it so never really said what that whole thing was all about a lot of rumors were flying around about what that could be about maybe some fans were saying some very vulgar things and that was apparently denied that that did not happen Um, apparently now what has happened is that the k-state coaching staff felt that they have that they saw three individuals and again this is just this is on report here it's been reported by multiple people now that there are three individuals in the stands behind k-state's bench filming their huddles during timeouts um and coach tang and staff apparently noticed that had a heads up about it because i do believe mike boyton has had his radar up about that kind of stuff happening with Iowa State. And we're talking just at Hilton Coliseum, not on the road. And they were very furious about that. Totally understand, by the way, if they do feel like that was taking place. Now, I mean, really a couple of things here. One, how far can this actually go? Because that is a lot to prove. You can share your suspicions. And if you think you're absolutely right, of course you're going to be fired up. We saw Ten go to the middle of the floor and try to talk to TJ about it while pointing to the stands during the second half of the game with less than 10 minutes to go. He was clearly fired up, and it wasn't just because of the officiating. They felt like people were watching the huddles. I mean, there's a reason why. During those tv timeouts and they're in their huddles that they take chairs and they pull away from the actual bench and they go more towards the center of the floor let's get away from where there's going to be foot traffic they want they want as much privacy as they can you also notice on the floor that there are you know staff members on the floor with marker boards and they're watching each other's huddles to see if anybody checks in and somebody goes sits down in the huddle and so they get matchups taken care of and they do their own subbing if they need to now this is also not a Connor Stallions uh, situation. This is much different. Uh, you're not stealing signs. You're really just trying to steal uh, lineups and maybe sneak in a call there, see what they might be. Draw- the the coach might like Coach Tang might be drawing up, but um, that, that's going to be a really tough thing to prove. And Iowa State could look into it if they want. It's not like they're going to come back and, and rat on themselves. So I mean, that's about. I don't know about what you think, D.G., but I think that's as far as you can really take it. It, it stinks. If, if that's really happening, um, you know, I've always kind of been like, hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But that's about as far as it's going to go. I don't really have much more on that other than apparently Iowa State has a bunch of archers and uh, Austin Powers there in the Houghton uh, Coliseum <laughs> stealing some plays or stealing some lineups. I don't know. But that, at least we got now somewhat of an explanation on what was taking place in those uh, – a, a very fired-up drum tank towards T.J. Otzelberger.
2: I knew that it was something more than – just um, some hooligans throwing stuff uh, at people on the bench. I mean, Jerome Tang doesn't care about that kind of You know, he's he, he and that staff are, are way above that kind of stuff. They're not going to let them get to, they're not going to let things like that get to them the way that they reacted. I knew it was something huge, it was something serious. I, uh, Jerome Tang was so angry and animated, and I knew. That it was something, and I'm glad that we kind of got to the bottom of it. But you're right. How do you prove that without Iowa State themselves saying, "Yeah, we did it"? And they're not going to do that. No one on that staff is going to is going to come clean and say, "Yes, we were filming their uh, their huddles and in, in hopes to steal some plays or whatever." It's not going to happen. Um, Jerome Tang will remember, and when they come to. When they come to Bramlage, it's, it's going to be payback. It's going to be payback city, and we'll see. Maybe we get to uh, you know 120 points or something. That'll be the only way to really get back at them is to bury them when they come to the Bramlage.
1: Well, that that was my next. I mean, that's that's that was my next part about that. I was like, I have seen what people have been saying on social media. That's really your only response. And I, you know, do the students start you know dressing up as like James Bond? And they're getting their phones <laughs> out, and they're, they're they're taping. Everybody starts taping, or you know, get their phone out and you start videotaping the uh, the Iowa State huddles and, uh, and kind of in a way make a make a joke out of what a, Iowa State was apparently doing. Um, I mean, there were two instances where Drum Tank was so fed up and so angry about what was taking place, and you know he was very nice actually talking about uh, T.J. Otzelberger afterwards, but. I can't imagine the anger that Drum tank was going through through that game because not only you had that, but the referees just absolutely blowing it. When it comes to the game, it was a terribly officiated game, and Drum tank completely kept his cool. In post game, he did not rat on anybody. it was like Mar- he wasn't like what was it making any major allegations. He just kept it between him and TJ. But now we do have an explanation. But now you, you know, they still come back in what March and play on Senior Night, uh, in Manhattan. That's going to be, boy, that's going to be awesome. And I'm glad the fans are going to be really fired up about that. Because I would be, too, like, angry. Absolutely. Bring it, that anger to that game in March and, and let Iowa State hear it. Because that's about as, about as much justice as you're going to get.
2: That's exactly right. That's all the justice that's going to come out of this. It's not it's not going to be what we as K-State fans want, and it's not what the team deserves the team deserves to be able to have a huddle without wondering if someone is filming them. That is crazy and it's wild and it just goes along with that. I mean, what a terrible evening they had. So yeah, coming back in March, we need to take that frustration and take it out on Iowa State uh in in the in a fashion that's, you know, still got some I don't want to see anybody throwing stuff or um you know, I don't want anything to get out of hand. But let's just be as loud as possible as we possibly can when they have the rock, and put, get that home court advantage. Show them what real home court advantage looks like. Um, other Again, than that, do, though, you got to let remember,
1: it go. Well, you remember how was Connor's? How did Connor Stallions get caught? I don't quite remember because I mean, but the thing is, like, they were he was sending like staffers all over the country to start filming signals on the sideline. I, you know, we don't know if this was if this is a much bigger deal than maybe just this game or previous home games. Mm-hmm. That, that that's the thing. Like nobody really else has. Like, I mean, and, and plus, it was all brought up in game. Like it was all happening. It was all unfolding on national television with everybody watching. We all took notice, and it's all speculation, kind of still. But there's now been plenty of reports to say, like, hey, maybe these guys are actually just taping the the bench and the timeouts and trying to get information. So. Uh, with the, I guess it's kind of comparable in a way cause there is the videotaping of the opposing sidelines, the opposing bench and all that. Um, but obviously, I mean, Jim Harbaugh was suspended three games because of that. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I expect it to blow up as of right now. I really don't, but it, it'll be funny I, on the, I, I'm kind of, who knows right now. Yeah.
2: On the heels of this Michigan thing. Um, maybe they do take a look into it. Um, yeah. It will take. Uh, it looks like it will take a couple Iowa State opponents to alert the NCAA about it. That's what happened, uh, reported by Yahoo originally. Uh, two of Michigan's Big Ten opponents alerted the NCAA, expressing concerns about the possibility of the Wolverines engaging in sign stealings. Uh, Rutgers believed to be one of the teams. Um, so it sounds like it'll it it have to be somebody stepping forward and saying something. And I just I don't know if that doesn't really I, I don't think drum tang and staff that doesn't really seem like their kind of gig um they're you know I, I don't know we'll see I guess it's too bad
1: five ten we have Mitch Palm against the Houston Cougars plus blindly ranked five uh, Troy Coverdale will have Manhattan boys basketball Blue Valley well with bringing coverage starting at approximately five forty five that's the earliest it will start depending on the JV game beforehand a really quick break we'll take a look at the big 12 slate on uh, tomorrow when we come back on the game
0: this is the game on news radio Kman local news local leaders local events local radio get the picture yet the most local program in manhattan is kman's in focus we dive into local issues you care about keeping you informed and keeping you aware of what's going on in your community if it's happening in manhattan you'll hear about it first on in focus heard weekday mornings at 906 on news radio kman and on demand at news radio
1: i mean you have I mean, four, ex- that can be just excellent games. Uh, tipping off within two hours of each other. Also, I mean, also at 1 o'clock, West Virginia and Oklahoma State, the two bottom teams in the Big 12 squaring off in a real slobber knocker. Does Oklahoma State get their first winning conference play? No, I don't think so. West Virginia is getting better. They're, they're definitely getting better. So I'm going to take them out near us to get it done uh, there on the road. Uh, at Gallagribe Arena in Stillwater. Uh, Also, a couple of other, I mean, could be really solid games. TCU at Baylor, I do expect Baylor to win that game. Uh, They're at home, 15th ranked in the country. Uh, That's a 3 o'clock game. And then at 6 o'clock, a standalone Big 12 game is uh, ESPN Plus Contest. UCF is at Cincinnati. You know, those are two problems now in the Big 12.
2: And they hate each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, this could be a rivalry. You never know how this – this will be in Cincinnati as well. Um, Boy, that's – to me, that's a 50-50 game, especially with it being in Cincinnati. Yeah. Man, I'm kind of leaning – UCF definitely has more – I mean, they beat Texas. They beat Kansas. I'm going to take UCF to get it done on the road. That's going to do it for a very short hour one of the game. Coming up next, hour number two, it is Mitch Palm against Houston. Plus your local news. Stick around. It's the game. the game after work mitch fortner david g now owen burke joins us in studio and uh, coming up here in uh, a little bit later on this hour it'll be owen versus dg it'll be the ravens versus the chiefs they'll both plead their case on who i should pick to win the afc championship game that'll kick off at two o'clock right here on news radio kman pregame coverage will start at noon with the chiefs local pregame coverage and then at one o'clock due to media rights we switch over to westwood one westwood one will have the coverage from one o'clock on even through with us airing the nfc championship game between the lions and 49ers from santa clara mitch palm coming up here in just a moment all right so real quick let's run down once again what's taking place tomorrow here on k-man k-state men at number four houston which we'll preview here in just a moment that is a 10 a.m pregame. And that is a 11 o'clock tip right here on K-Man. The game is also televised on ESPN. John Chambi, Fran Faschillo, will be on the call. But, of course, you can mute those guys, listen to Wyatt and stand here on K-Man. Again, that tip off at 11 a.m. Now, due to the uh, Manhattan girls losing today, they'll play in the seventh place game, which tips off tomorrow at noon. So that will be an online-only broadcast, NewsRadioKMan.com with an approximate start time. Uh, pre-game coverage at 11.45 tomorrow morning. The K-State women's basketball team, the number two team in the nation, back in Bramlage Coliseum against the BYU Cougars. It'll be the first time BYU visits Manhattan to play a little basketball. And uh, pregame coverage will start at 3:30, tip off at four o'clock, right here on K-Man. As uh, K-State women, they are 19 and one, eight zero in the Big 12, looking to go halfway done in the Big 12, undefeated. At 9-0, they've won 13 straight. BYU is 12-8. They are 2-5 in the Big 12. And then Manhattan Boys Basketball. So we have four games, either on air or online, mixture of both. Manhattan Boys Basketball at Emporia at 6 o'clock. Approximate tip time uh, from from Emporia High School. And Colby Van Campbell at that broadcast. We will join him right before tip-off. Of that game. So there won't be really much pregame coverage of that, but there will be an on air broadcast for the uh, Manhattan Boys against Emporia on the road in Centennial League play. So that is your rundown for Saturday. Plenty of happening, a lot of action, all being covered right here on KMN, and of course, a pair of conference championship games in the NFL tomorrow, starting at noon, or uh, on Sunday rather, starting at noon Sunday with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. AFC Championship game, DG or uh, or Owen, have we seen a line? I haven't looked recently. Is there a line on the AFC? Of course there is, but where's it at? Do we know?
2: Looking that up right now as we speak. I bet type faster than you. My, do. my
1: guess, my guess is Baltimore three and a half.
2: Owen, Owen. You got it?
3: No, I don't. You definitely type faster
2: than I do. I definitely do you as far us. as the, it's a n- minus four. The Ravens are giving up four points.
1: Hmm. Interesting. It's Interesting. Gonna... Interesting. Well, I'll let you two break that down uh, coming up in our next segment. But uh-huh. right, Go ahead, Owen. What were you going to say?
3: said it's going to be a good one. That's for sure. That's the only thing that's guaranteed is we are in for a dogfight.
1: If this game absolutely sucks, there's only one way that goes, and that's Baltimore. I'm sorry, Chiefs fans, but if this is a blowout, there's only one direction that's going. I said that. Gonna be-
3: I said that earlier, and people looked at me sideways. I'm glad to hear you say that.
2: What do yeah. you? What do you know, Cowboys fan? <laughs> what do you? What do you? go back to? Weekend. Yeah, why don't you go back to? You know, like t- holding your Troy Aikman doll tight at <laughs> night when you go to sleep. What do you know, you know man?
1: Uh, I used to take a ceramics class in, in Morganville back in the day, and I did paint a Troy Aikman ceramic doll-looking thing. I know. And uh, I was also Troy Aikman for um, Halloween one year. Is, uh, is I was that, like five.
3: Is that the ceramic doll that's on your desk right now, or is that a different one?
1: No. <laughs> it's at my parents' house still. I could bring it in <laughs> Yes, please. I bring it that. in.
2: Let's see it. What about it Darryl definitely Johnston? looks like an
1: eight-year-old painted it. <laughs>
2: what about you? You got a Daryl Johnston doll laying around anywhere? Moose? Or were you not a big Daryl talk- Johnston? Are you talking to me? Yeah.
1: Was I Say that again. Was I a Daryl Johnston fan?
2: Yeah. Were you a big Daryl Johnston guy? Moose?
1: Uh, well, I'm trying to think because I was really little. When he played, did he play during that era? That,
2: you know, I should say. I, I should say, yeah, he was a fullback for them. I've got to remember that you're a little younger, so okay. Did you have a Quincy Carter doll that you used to clutch? <laughs> I had a Terrence Newman trading card. Now there, now we're talking, baby. There we go. I still have it.
1: Let's I I have a uh, I have a Michael Bishop uh, New England Patriots card. As well.
2: Very nice. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, buddy. Now we're talking, card, I
1: still need to get it graded.
2: <laughs> Where's my Beckett? I need to get a hold of my Beckett real quick and I'll tell you exactly how much is worth Oh, okay, it's right here. Uh, 83 cents. That's good. That's were, up. were
1: you guys ever into
3: trading cards? No. Oh. oh brother, I've got like twelve hundred plus sitting at the house.
2: Oh, there was a place it was on um it was on Third Street here in Manhattan. It's now like in an apartment. It's one of those apartments, like right behind High V, um, and that used to be a place. There it was a little tiny place called Upper Deck, and that guy sold cards. And I used to run. Man, I'd get twenty bucks for like birthday, and I would run down there. 100 percent. I'd go, please, here. Take it on, y'all. We, oh, well, you can't afford much. That Bruce Smith rookie is a uh, mint. It's at least $26. Speak of the
3: devil. I do have a... It's an autographed Bruce Smith, number 25, back at the house. It's one, <laughs> of my, one of my prized
1: possessions.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: So, I, I'll share a, uh, a real quick story with you. So, I used to have a family member, no longer with us, but it was my dad's uncle, and used to go... I guess there used to be a bar in Manhattan called Vikings. I don't know, Deej, if you would remember that. If I remember that, there.
2: but yeah, absolutely.
3: Is it over by Target, or is that a restaurant?
2: That was it's oh, a, it's that a that different, Vikings different thing. thing. Vikings Grill. Yeah. Thing.
1: Um, but it was a bar called Vikings, and they had a cigarette machine, and apparently when you would buy a pack of cigarettes, you would also get a baseball card. And... He collected all the baseball cards, and one Christmas he gave them all to me. Whoa! And, and you were like, "What?" I, I did not recognize recognize a single name in that. It, it, and I, when I say he gave me all the cards, I'm not joking. There were there's probably fifteen hundred.
2: Whoa! And you recognize anybody? his
1: work? No, no. Well, I have to go back and look. I actually have them all in my uh, my duplex. <laughs> so have to bring him buy one day. I, I, I know people that like to sell them, and I know if you have the right ones, you can sell them for a lot of money. But I don't know anything about that that game. Yeah. I, you got to get them graded and stuff, and it's expensive to get them graded or whatever. So I don't know much about it.
2: You need to go get them graded, dude. What are you doing, well, man?
1: I have all those, and I was telling Chris Swick about it. Chris Swick is on Z963B1047. And I told him, I think I've said this on the show before, I, I inherited from this same uncle, like, 15 OJ rookie cards. Whoa. Now that's... And they're not... They're that... not... Well, the thing is, first of all, OJ's still alive, and they're not graded. So, need to get them graded. But once they're graded, I looked them up, like, right now they would sell for about about two to 500 apiece, potentially. Right. But when he dies... That's when it really goes up. Yeah, yeah. I, say, I so, say grade
3: them, sell three or four of them, and then hold the rest until that day comes.
2: That's a great. So idea. I have my,
1: so I have my Edward Jones, and I have my, uh, I have my OJ rookie card. That's <laughs>
2: <I'm talking> <laughs> <laughs> uh, OJ, just don't get any more trouble, you know. Or, or I don't know, would that no, raise? Do. That, yes, yeah, that would do raise get more the, trouble. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> need some OJ headlines. Come on, OJ. I've never rooted for O.J. to commit more crimes, but now I kind of feel like I have a dog in the race, you know?
1: <laughs> Definitely a first. Yeah. Come on, yeah, O.J. D- just needs to somehow get himself back into court, either traffic ticket or, you know, stealing somebody's trash can. I don't know. Do something that lands you in a municipal court or something.
2: Anything. Just do it, man. Come on.
1: Uh, Owen, who do you have tomorrow? Do you have the Cats or do you have Houston?
2: Uh,
3: you know, as much as it pains me to say, I think we're going to be wrong on our one and one pick over the weekend and I think the Cougars might get it done.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I hate it. Not- I hate it.
3: But, you know, that's a pre-Mitch Palm prediction, so we'll see if
1: you can sway me the other way. Well, let's find out right now. Owen, let's hit it. <laughs>
2: Mitch Ball with tonight's prediction.
1: I may may have a little delay, so I don't know if I got that on. Tomorrow's. It was was a hair (laughs) late, but we got the point. Uh, Well, that's the thing. That confirms there is a bit of a delay then, because I actually said it a little early to try to to try to catch up with it. All right, here we go. Cats five and four, four and two in the Big Twelve. The Cougs are fourth in the nation, and they are seven and two, four and two in the Big Twelve, both tied for second with KU and Iowa State. K-State holds a series advantage at five to three, but the last time these two teams played, December 21st, 1974, Chucky Williams and Mike Evans. It was that era, and K-State won in Houston, 91 to 90. Man, that is a that seems like a really high-scoring game for the 70s. It's like today if a game finished 110 to 105. You know what, what I mean? Like with inflation, of course. Um, Houston, under 10th-year head coach Kelvin Sampson. Again, I mentioned the 17-2 start. They're coming off that road win over BYU. They've won three straight, including wins over Texas Tech and UCF. They are a uh, one of the top dogs that hasn't fallen to UCF so far. Houston, I, got, I hate to be a broken record, but I seem like I've done this the last couple of Mitch Palms. K-State's opponent is really good defensively. I think they're better than Baylor defensively just by looking at points. The Houston Cougars are the number one scoring defense in the nation. 51.9 points per game in Big 12 play. They're giving up just 57 points a game. That is by far first in the Big 12. They are first in the nation in field goal percentage defense at 34.8%. They are first in the nation at scoring margin. They win games by 22 points. They're third in turnover margin. They're seventh in steals and seventh in offensive rebounds. That's what actually really scares me most about that is that they are really good at offensive boards at 15 a game, and they also force 17 turnovers a game. Now, offensively for Houston, they're not going to, like, have numbers that just, like, whoa, that's uh, that's that's really scary. Actually quite similar with K-State. They're the same as K-State at 74 points per game in Big 12 play. Both K-State and BYU shoot exactly 43.9% from the floor, and that's in Big 12 play. The difference is three-point shooting. Houston, 35% from three, and they're actually getting better in shooting the three in Big 12 play. Meanwhile, K-State still, you know, they're doing better in Big 12 play, but overall for the season, they're about 31%. Now, for players... They have, uh, they have three guards that are all great defenders. It is starts with L.J. Cryer. He used to play for Baylor. He's one. He's averaging 16 points a game on 41% shooting. He's scary from three. He's hit 59 this year at 39.6%. He's averaging 19 points and hit nine threes last week. So he had a really good week last week. 6'3 guard Emmanuel Sharp is averaging 12 points a game. He shoots 38%. He's also a decent three-point shooter at 35%. But he he's had a, a bit of a rough stretch in the last four games, just averaging about seven points a game in the last four games, and he's str- struggling from three now, shooting just 21%. I like K-State to pick on him a little bit. Six-one guard Jamal Shedd is an All-American candidate. 12 points shoots 45 percent from the field but he's also a great passer 114 assists this year and he has scored in double figures into the last nine games and then six seven forward senior jawan roberts is averaging near a double double 8.7 rebounds per game all right so kind of going fast here but keys to the game and again broken record turnovers Last four games, K-State's turned it over at least 17 times. Actually, three of the four exactly 17 times. That's got to chill out a little bit. But I mentioned this earlier. Houston's one of the best teams in the country at forcing turnovers. They force 17 a game. I don't like that matchup. I don't like K-State going up against a defense like that, and it's on the road at Houston, and that's going to be a tough environment also keep houston off the glass especially on offense houston is a def- a decent offensive rebounding team they've been much better in big 12 play and k-state has not been doing a great job on the offensive glass in big 12 play k-state through five big 12 games uh check that six big 12 games has given up 82 offensive rebounds k-state themselves in these six games just 52 offensive rebounds cats got a box out they have to attack the glass or else it's going to be a long night. And then lastly, K-State has to hit the big shots. Hit the big shots. K-State against Iowa State. I know there was a suspicion suspicion of, like, people were spying on the game or spying on their huddles from Iowa State. They had uh, plants in the stands to, to videotape their their huddles and all that. The refereeing was terrible, the officiating was terrible, yet they were just a couple of shots away from maybe stealing that win. And maybe Iowa State doesn't go on that that quick run to end the game, and Iowa State wins by double digits. The big shots is what really matters in Big Twelve play because nearly every night you're gonna see games coming down to the wire. Close games down to the wire. Who's gonna hit the big shot? Can K State get over the hump and win this game on the road? and also scan the crowd and see if there's any spies out there. You know, <laughs> if there aren't any spies, you have a better chance of winning. Ken Palm gives K-State a 7% chance of winning. Final score 78-67. I think it's going to be a little bit of a little bit more of a low-scoring game than that just by a little bit. I'm giving K-State a 29% chance of beating the Houston Cougars on the road. This is just a really tough matchup with how good they are defensively and attacking the glass. K-State has to hit the clutch shots, but I think they're going to fall short and go 0-2 this week. Final score, Houston is going to win it 74-66. to
2: Well, lock it in. Lock it in on DraftKings right now. Let's do it.
1: Which Uh, that means, actually, I believe Houston is actually going into the game as a 13-point favorite.
2: Jeez. So,
1: K-State covers.
2: Let's go!
3: I don't have any money in my account. (laughs) Can we have some money? Yeah.
1: (laughs) By the way, so there's this game still going on, third quarter. It's a close game, 25-24. Wichita Northwest leading. The Grizzlies leading, and they just got in. uh, No, Clearwater just got in. Well, they just took the lead. What a game we got uh, here. But it's not much of a crowd, and it's really quiet. I wonder if it's like everybody hearing me in the gym.
2: Everybody's hearing you in the gym. That's what we want. <laughs> That's what we want. We're gonna start sending you to random games. Just any anything <laughs> local. You're gonna go and do the game from there. It's gonna be amazing.
1: Well, what's what's funny is I've criticized. I've been crit- We've criticized the refs, especially yesterday, criticizing the refs in that Casey and Iowa State game and we got these three officials that aren't doing a terrible job, but maybe it sounds like I'm roasting them here from the scores. That was
2: a huge embarrassment. And those guys should be fired on the spot. You're going to get kicked out of the whole whole building, Mitch. Take it easy, dude. I'm done here in about 37 minutes. not a big deal.
1: Uh, All right, here we go. Let's take a break. You got my Mitch Palm prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Upset City takes place. I hope Houston has a problem tomorrow. Yeah! Let's get cheesy with it. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, it is Owen versus DG. It is Ravens versus Chiefs. They'll plead their case on who's going to win the AFC Championship game when we come back on the game. Date from McPherson Manhattan girls lose earlier today to Hanover Central 52 49. They'll play the team that falls in this consolation game taking place right now as Clearwater leads. Wichita Northwest, thirty-six to thirty-one. We're back on the game. Mitch Fortner, along with David G and Owen Burke, got a three-ball from the Grizzlies. Oh, it goes in right before <laughs> the buzzer.
3: This guy can't get <laughs> out of that game.
1: Play mode, right there. I almost called the action. I was just kind of, you know, let's see if the shot goes in before we continue. Hey, how about this, uh, man? Iowa State. I got to be careful about this because uh, they're they're real. Uh, Boy, they really sucking up here. Um, Jamie Pollard, who's the AD at Iowa State, has announced that uh, on Saturday, which they're hosting KU, on Saturday they're going to be honoring retired basketball official John Higgins prior to the game. As uh, Pollard says that John was one of the best officials in the country and the longest uh, serving Big 12 official until his retirement, and he says he he looks forward to the Cyclone fans welcoming him back to Hilton Coliseum. What suck-ups before the K. Uh, Smart, but, man, are they sucking up the the officials, bringing in John Higgins to honor him before the game. I don't know if I've ever heard of a program honoring a referee before a contest, but, I mean, KU's in the building. They need to get the calls.
2: Man, I I don't I didn't think I could like dislike them more than I already did, and then they go and you go, hey referee, great job, let's honor him. And if unless they they got to come out with like a pair of like really strong prescription glasses, if they do that, I'll be like, oh okay, haha. Ha. But if they just give him some kind of weird plaque and say thank you, I'm done with Iowa State forever. I, I am done. Those guys, ugh. Bad luck, bad luck.
1: We need to we need to uh, give Jerry Pollard an honorary degree or something. <laughs> there has been only one game I can recall where I've actually thought, "Hey, we're getting a good game out of them," and uh, you know, K State doesn't feel like they're getting hosed. And that was uh, the Kentucky game last year in the NCAA tournament. So
2: that was a well called game. That was that. You know, I think Kentucky fans probably feel it differently, but I I thought we we didn't we got. Uh, yeah, they saw the the whistles at the right times, for sure.
1: Okay. Now it's your two you two guys, it's your time to shine here. AFC Championship game is tomorrow. DG is a huge Chiefs fan. Meanwhile, Owen Burke on the board today, he is a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. Itch. And the Ravens hosting the Chiefs for the AFC Championship game. So, you both get to plead your case on why your team is going to win the game now since dg your team is on the road i have a coin and we're going to flip it to see uh mm-hmm. who gets to go first
3: some authenticity here i love it
2: dude i'm love this is like a game it is 100 oh it is? Yeah. is it really is a game is it's, that what you it's think actually, it is it's not a game
3: it's a boxing match that's what
2: yeah it is. this isn't a game to me <laughs> it's a game to you it's not a game to me go Ooh. ahead mitch it's my whole life This <laughs> is my whole life <laughs> <laughs> This is,
1: my whole oh, life. this is a
2: game, Owen. He, he,
1: heads or tails.
2: Tails, and ne- that tev- tails never fails.
1: And it is heads, ah. Owen. You get to uh, go first, or you can defer.
2: I'm going to defer, and honestly,
3: I, I will agree with you. Great pick. Yeah. Tails does. Tails, does never tails. Fails.
2: tails never fails until, until right you now. you need it to, yeah. It doesn't, McPherson. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Do just going to tell go you, first? Uh, I am super happy to be here. This evening, in front of you fine gentlemen. (laughs) This is exactly where Um, I want to be. This is hallowed ground to be sitting in this seat um, because our very own Mitch the Ford Fortner is in this seat normally. And it's been said many, many times by many, many different people that Mitch is a smart man and he's an educated man and he's, I mean... (laughs) Not for none he's pretty good looking too. Um and when you add that together you get yourself a it's Mitch the Fourth partner. <laughs> <laughs> what do you honor a ref for the game? <laughs> 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 what you know, and he's got a heck of a sense of humor too. He's got a great comedic timing. Uh a guy like you, Mitch, you're a no nonsense, no frills, don't need much to, to be happy. You know, you're you're secure in your own Thoughts and your own, the information, and the things, that, and the knowledge that you know. And a, a smart guy like you knows there's two words why the Chiefs are going to beat, they're going to spank the Ravens on Sunday. It's Patrick and it's Mahomes. That's all we really need to know. The Chiefs defense, yes, they're stellar. They're young. They're hungry. They played lights out last week. We've got Isaiah Pacheco. It looks like a little bowling ball person. A person that you would not want to run into, like literally have run into you. It would hurt very, very much. Rashi Rice looks amazing. Travis Kelsey, he's in his comeback era, if you will. But you know the name of the game is QB play. And I know Lamar's had his season, and that's great for him. That's good. But we all know who number 15 is in the program, but number one in our hearts and in our league. And it's Patrick Mahomes. Mitch, I hope you have a fantastic time in McPherson. Maybe go uh, see Swick. I think he's on vacation. Um, I hope maybe you have a good dinner, maybe Brahms or something, and have a safe trip back to Little Apple, and we'll see you when you get here, buddy. Thank you.
3: Uh, okay. It's a tough tough one to follow there. Any comments where you want me to kick in here?
2: No, nope, I'm going to save it
1: for right. uh, after you get, you get done.
3: You know, he he spins a very compelling argument. I will agree. And I have always been one to say that unless it's a two-score game with less than 30 seconds left, number 15 in red can usually get the job done
2: for you. Objection, if, Your Honor. The, oh, wait a minute. Okay,
3: Here's the issue, folks. He's not in red this weekend. He's going to be wearing white. All right. And the road game I don't think is going to play a huge factor. They played in Buffalo last week. Baltimore's got a crazy fan base, but I don't know if anybody can top Bills Mafia. So, and all the compliments that he laid to you, Mitch, all well-deservedly so. But one thing I do also know about Mitch the Fort Fortner, he loves his numbers. He's a stats guy, right? He's breaking it down. He's bringing all these numbers in. And so that's what I'm bringing to the table today, all right? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. Now, I do think for the past 10 weeks... Lamar Jackson has been the best quarterback in the game. He's played at an extremely high level, and the Ravens' defense on the other side of him, man, first defensive triple crown in NFL history, led the league in points per game allowed, sacks, and takeaways. It's a tough defense. Patrick Mahomes is built for it all, but when the when the when the going gets tough, the tough get going, and I'll tell you that number eight who's probably going to be wearing all black this Sunday, like my buddy standing right here next to me. He's going to be on one, all right? And if the game plan is to sit back and make Lamar Jackson a passer, I promise you, you got to be watching tape from 2019 or 2021, all right? This guy has been the best, statistically, the best-rated quarterback against a four-man rush. So if you want to sit back in coverage all day, cool. He'll dice you up. And guess what? You want to sit in coverage for three quarters? Guess what happens on that third and nine late in the game? You're getting a little getting a little laxed back there. You're playing your four-man rush. No spy in the middle of the field. Here he comes, all right? I don't think the run game is going to be as big of a factor as everyone thinks it is. Last week, he had 100 rushing yards, I think, on the nose. It was the second highest total all year, and I think the first one was like week two or three, all right? So, if the game plan is to make him to pass, I honestly think it's worse off for the Chiefs at that point. At the end of the day, Roquan Smith in the middle of that defense, they're going to be flying around. Isaiah Pacheco, we might see some seismic activity if Roquan and Pacheco meet between the middle of the line. That's going to be a battle to watch. But at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson has been playing the best football he's in his career in the last 10 weeks. I think he continues it this weekend, and that's why I think you got to take the Ravens on Sunday.
1: Oh, and i got a question for you. How do you feel about Mark Andrews? being available for this game
3: it is it's an interesting factor when you throw in a guy that hasn't played in 10 11 weeks it can toss your chemistry off a hair i don't know if the plan is to go maybe just red zone touches i think they're going to try to get him some limited action and honestly i think lamar jackson has played his best football without mark andrews so if he continues that same style while adding second or third best end in the game back to your offense I think he could only do wonders for you. I don't think there's a world where Mark Andrews gets re-entered into that lineup and then there's discombobulation. Mark Andrews, I hate the term safety blanket, but it's the best way to put it. When the play breaks down and Lamar Jackson is nearing the sideline, number 89 is always open. So if he's out on the field, it's going to be just one more thing that that Chiefs defense has got to worry about.
1: All right, very interesting, very interesting. I like that DG just tried to go with name recognition for me. And as soon as he brought up Patrick Mahomes, oh, yeah, great argument there. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback in the game. (laughs) I mean, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, just bring up Patrick Mahomes, and you got yourself a pretty good argument. This is going to be a very good defensive battle. Really, this is the two best defenses in the NFL.
3: 100%.
1: That's what actually excites me because – I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. I love a good quarterback sack. I love a good interception or a pass breakup. You know, flashy offense, I know that's super attractive and all, but I've just always thrived off watching really successful defenses. And at the the end of the day, what wins championships, it's defense. And that's why, you know, I love the way K-State women's basketball plays so well. Offensively, they're not going to blow you away. Even with Aoka Lee in the game, and she is an All-American, she is just a juggernaut when she has the ball in her hands. K-State's still winning without her, without scoring an insane amount of points and shooting the best percentages. What gives them a chance to win these games is their phenomenal defense and keeping you know, teams low scoring in second halves in these last couple of games, and that's what's really given them a shot and what has really made them thrive this year is just all around phenomenal defense. I think Baltimore's defense is a little bit better than the Chiefs. And and Owen is right. Lamar Jackson has is playing his best season of NFL football this year. I I and and I'm I'm being impartial here. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I've gone through pain over the last 27 years. I think it's the Ravens' year to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to go with the Baltimore Ravens to squeak one out, low-scoring game to win at home. Congratulations, Owen. Your team is going to the Super Bowl.
3: I'm I'm hulking up over here, DG. I'm about to rip the shirt off. I'm going nuts.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, try to do the game. Try to do the show by yourselves then, guys. (laughs) Bye. Just me and
1: Mitch. (laughs) Don't worry, Deej, because you get your you get a second chance to really shine. Yes. Because when we come back, let's play Blindly Ranked 5, one of my favorite games to play now on the show, Blindly Ranked 5 with DG after a short break and after these words.
3: Currently 35 with an overcast outside. Tonight, some patchy fog into the early morning with a low around 29. Tomorrow, some more of that freezing fog in the morning, mostly cloudy with a high near 38. Saturday night, partly cloudy, a low around 24. And on Sunday, sunny with a high near 47. We've got more of the game up next here on KMAN.
1: Uh, we're not doing Ask Us Anything. We are doing Blindly Ranked 5.
3: I just thought I'd throw a curveball at you. You know, <laughs> I'm actually
2: blaming that on Travion. It was him.
1: Travion Berklin. What are we going to do with that kid? Uh, Work him a little bit more?
2: You know what? Why don't we try the cold shoulder? You know what I mean? Just like, you know, if he's ever like, hey, it was good. Just don't say a word. Just brush him off. Yeah.
3: I was going to key his car, truthfully.
2: Whoa! No, <laughs> dude. No. No key, but just go. Instead of his cold to go. Psh, you know like when you know, ugh, ugh. I'll
3: give him a thumbs down. How about that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was no.
1: probably my favorite blindly ranked five. <laughs> there,
3: go hand
2: gestures. <laughs> That's good. Thumbs down.
1: All right. So our blindly ranked five this week has to do with the story we talked about earlier. And that was uh, supposedly there were some spies uh, in the stands working for T.J. Otzelberger that was spying and videotaping on K-State's huddles during media timeouts at the game at Hilton Coliseum earlier this week. So, Deej, we are going to be blindly ranking five fictional spies. Yeah. And how this works is I'll give you one at a time, and you'll rank these one at a time without knowing what comes next. So you are anticipating what comes next as you rank these fictional spies one through five. Your first fictional spy, like spy slash secret agent, your first DG will be Jack Bauer. Ooh.
2: Jack Bauer was uh,
1: Kiefer Sutherland on uh, on 24, which is a show I've never actually watched. All I really know about it is that uh, apparently this dude had a, a pretty long day.
2: No, listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a great that, way of putting it. That is <laughs> when, you, when it comes up on the TV Guide... It just says this guy's got a pretty long day ahead of him, pal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <That's> the, the <laughs> season premiere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, bitch. Okay, okay, sorry. Okay, he was a spy. I just feel like he did a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of running for whatever reason. And my spy has got to be able to, like, hang out at cocktail parties and run and karate kick somebody in the head. I'm going to put Jack Bauer at th- three. Hmm.
1: Owen, oh, have you ever seen um, ever seen Twenty Four?
3: I don't think that I have. Honestly, <laughs> this guy's got
2: a long day ahead of him. <laughs> That's
1: such a great way to put it. I do. I have heard enough. <laughs> All right. So Jack Bauer at three from the show Twenty Four. Deidre's second fictional spy is the Shagadelic Mojo Baby,
2: Austin Powers. It's not my bag baby <laughs> it's a man baby he's number one for me dude he's the best he's the best there's ever been the best there ever was um the
1: best there ever will be
2: yeah, absolutely he went back in time like 16 times he's the best
1: and i mean you know james bond was known for you know getting the ladies yeah uh i i would argue that
2: Austin Powers was more of a lady. Oh yeah, he crushed. Come on, man, and he didn't even have to change his clothes. Yeah, he just wore the '60s outfits (laughs) and still got it, man. He's good. Yeah,
1: in modern day. All right, so you had Jack Bauer at three, Austin Powers at one. Your third fictional spy is Harry Tasker. Oh, that was uh, that was from the movie True Lies, and it's probably my second favorite. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie other than T2. Oh, man. I
2: love True Lies. Dude. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Um, Bill Paxton in that, too, is just the... Tom Arnold. Oh, my God. Oh, Harry Tasker, man. Because I know... Okay, I'm going to take a gamble here, and I'm going to put him at number two. I like him for number two. But I'm taking a huge gamble. Austin Powers, one.
1: Harry Tasker, two. And
2: uh, and, uh,
1: Jack Bauer at three. Harry Tasker, he really juggled, you know, keeping his family. Yeah. You know, keeping the secret away from his family of him being a secret agent. And then Jimmy Lee Curtis finds out. They get mixed up in the same business, and now they're secret agents together. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a fantastic movie. (laughs) If you haven't seen the movie, Um, it's only 30 years old. All right, got to speed up here a little bit. Troy's getting ready to uh, start his pregame coverage. Our fourth spy is Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible, Tom
2: Cruise. Okay, uh, I love the Mission Impossible movies, and I love Tom Cruise as an actor, um, but the movies are six and a half hours long. He's number five for me. He's, he's, He's a great guy, a great spy, but nah, too long. All
1: right, and then your final spy is Agent 86. It's an old show from the 60s, Maxwell Smart... In Get Smart. He was the satire, uh, Mel Brooks version of a spy.
2: A hilarious show. A hilarious show if you've never seen it before. The old school stuff. He was fantastic. I'm proud to put him in number four. All
1: right. So here's your blindly ranked five fictional spies. One through five is Austin Powers, Harry Tasker, Jack Bauer, Maxwell Smart, Agent 86, who really didn't get the job done, it was always Agent 99. Yeah. And then Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Guys, that's gonna do it for the game. Troy Coverdale stands by from Blue Valley South or Blue Valley Stillwell High School as he gets set for Manhattan High School basketball. Boys taking on the Tigers, and that's coming up next for Owen Burke and DG. I'm Mitch Fortner signing off from McPherson. Thank you for listening to the game on K-Man and Go Cats.